Evgeny Malkin is terrible right now. Chris Letang is terrible right now. Jason Zucker is terrible right now. The top two lines as a whole are terrible right now. The defense is banged up. And yet, there's something even worse than that right now about these Penguins. Good morning to you. I'm Dan Kovacevic of TK Pittsburgh Sports. And this happy show is Daily Shot of Penguins. I do one of these every Monday through Friday, as well as Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates if football slash baseball happens to be on your list of interests. Penguins lost to the Bruins last night in Boston 4-1. to Game wasn't anywhere near as interesting as even that score might make it sound. Cody Ceci scored early. The Penguins just couldn't get anything going. Offensively, defensively, anything, just anything. But I'm not here to talk about any of those things. I'm not even here to bury Gino because he did that himself after the game. I need to look my uh look myself to like Miro and like uh again like I need to fight my body, I need to fight myself and like help the team to win for sure. I understand that and uh I'm not happy with my game for sure right now and like uh again like it's just uh come to rink every day, work and like uh fight like every shift. Like it's uh it's hard to play maybe right now, like no fans, like it's a little bit different, like it's uh but it's uh we're all same situation right now and I include myself too, like it's uh uh I know like it's uh tough to say like about my game right now. Any like uh any good things, but I hope it's coming and I believe myself. No, I'm here to talk about something even worse than what we've seen from the Penguins' stars and top six and injuries and everything else. And nobody really seems to be talking about it. I'm, I'm not sure why, because usually when a team is going bad – the first most common reflexive reaction that people have is to blame the goaltending. And you know what that is. That's the, the like super casual hockey fan who's just watching from afar and they see a shot and they think goalies are like catchers and they're supposed to stop everything, and then they don't. So they go, ah, goalie stinks. Well, guess what? The Penguins are eight games into this season and the goalies stink. The goaltending stinks. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by Warrior Alpaca Socks. What makes their socks different is the alpaca fiber used in their construction. It's stronger, softer, far less irritating to the skin, more breathable, hypoallergenic, warmer than wool. This is the time of year for Warrior Alpaca Socks. When you go to their website, warrioralpacasocks.com, use the code DK to get 15% off your first order. One more time, warrioralpacasocks.com. Use the code DK just for our podcast listeners. That's not the cause of all of the Penguins' problems, but it's the one area in which they finish dead bleeping last in the National Hockey League. Save percentage, 8 58 right now. That's an 8-5-8. Dead last in the NHL. And just to fortify the point, 
their save percentage on scoring chances, meaning not just random shots, but, but actual scoring chances, is 743. Dead last in the NHL. Save percentage on high danger scoring chances. 69.35. Dead last. Yes, I was here last year. I saw Tristan Jari come of age. I saw it blossom over the course of the 2019-20 season. Nothing about it looked or felt fluky. You don't finish in the top 10 in the NHL in every goaltending statistic across the board. Goals against, safe percentage, shutouts, you name it. Unless you're doing something really well over a sustained span. And he did. And he earned becoming the Penguins' number one goaltender. But this ain't it. This ain't it. He is not making the saves that you need a number one goaltender to make. I'm going to pause here again to remind that just because I'm talking about the goaltender doesn't mean I'm blaming underscore italic giant Seinfeldian quotes around the word. The goaltender. I hate when that happens because that can be both the beginning and the end of a hockey conversation, and it almost never should be. What I'm saying here is that nothing about these Pittsburgh Penguins to date has been worse than the goaltending. They've got a lot of other problems, and they have other problems that might be more meaningful in overall impact and trying to foresee where this team is heading. But no actual thing has been worse than the goaltending. We remember, you know, that Casey DeSmith had a couple of uplifting wins and the the neat clearance that ended up being caught by Teddy Bluger for the three-on-five goal, but DeSmith's safe percentage was 853. It was even worse than Jari's. I mean, so this is... This is just bad. And I'm not sure what the answer is for it because my short-term view remains that Jari should be this team's number one goaltender, that he's talented enough to be, that he's athletic enough, that he's normally very cool under pressure and composed and stays within himself. But he also will play with an aggressive edge to him. He'll challenge shooters. He's not doing that now. He's sitting back in the net. He's got his heels way, way back in the blue paint. As if he's waiting for something bad to happen. Even when he comes out, and by that I'm not referring to cutting down angles. I'm talking about going behind the net to play the puck. Even when he comes out, he looks tentative. He looks like he's not 100% sure of what it is that he wants to do once he does collect the puck. And that's not him either. You can go through all of the goals that he's given up. 
and you can find, well, if only this had happened, or if, you know, Kevin Churchman hadn't made a bad breakout, or if Chris Letang hadn't screwed up something for the five millionth time, or, again, if all these defensemen hadn't gotten hurt, if all the forwards weren't so lazy, and all that other stuff, you can do that. But at some point or other, it's incumbent on your goaltender to have better than an 850 save percentage or your goaltenders. Put yourself in Mike Sullivan's shoes right now. The Penguins just lost a couple of games in Boston. They were able to steal a point the other night. Now they're going into Manhattan to face the Rangers, who for whatever shortcomings they have, obviously really young and everything else, uh, have some significant speed and have scoring skill. They're not going to get points out of that series either if they don't get goaltending. Actually, what am I saying? They're not going to get anything if they don't get goaltending. This team isn't playing well overall. This is eight games of this now. I've liked maybe 1.5 out of what I've seen out of those eight. And one of those was a loss, meaning the opener in Philadelphia. What's needed here is for someone to stop it. I don't think it's going to be just a roll out of bed, all 20 guys uh, show up and just instantly click and start buzzing around the rink and connecting on passes and uh, supporting each other with the puck and defending intensively. I don't think you're going to see that. That's magic. That's hoping. But what you can see, what you can expect, is an individual or two to rise up. And not like Mark Jankowski. It's going to have to be one of the stars or going to have to be the goaltender. And you know what? Most often when a team breaks out of a slump, and I am absolutely characterizing what we've seen to date as a slump, meaning I don't care that they swept all, the Penguins swept all four games of this recent homestand. They didn't play well. The way to get out of that is by getting some saves, big saves, thievery, A game where you just can't believe that your team won, but your goaltending was just so awesome. Even the games the Penguins have stolen this season haven't been because of great goaltending. It's been because they've gotten a couple of goals late in the game and then they've sneaked into an overtime or a shootout and gotten something done that way. It hasn't been. It hasn't been because of Tristan Jari, and that needs to change. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. If you'd like to leave one of these, you can do so by visiting DK Pittsburgh Sports. Find the article that contains this podcast, and just leave it right there in comments underneath. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you always 
by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. They're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need in western Pennsylvania. They're here for you when you need them. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help to find food near you. Today's question comes from Adam. He sent this after the loss last night in Boston. Hey, DK, I can't remember ever seeing a star player for the Penguins just moping around the ice for such a long stretch as Malkin has. My question is, what do you think has a better chance of turning Malkin around, trading him or bringing in a new, more outspoken Penguins coach who wouldn't just claim there's nothing he can say to help his players because they're just so, quote, world-class, end quote. Uh, That's a little rough, Adam, uh, especially on Sullivan, because the one thing that a good coach does, any sport, any level, is they adjust to the athletes and the athletes' personalities that they have. They don't try to force something that isn't there, or worse, push a button that's counterproductive. If you yell at Evgeny Malkin, I don't care who the coach is, from Michelle Terrian onward, if you yell at him, you will crush him. Everything that you see will get that much worse. Some people are different. He's different. He's always been wired differently, particularly in that regard. The body language is awful. It's the hardest part to take out of this. I'm the last one to defend him. I wrote a column from PPG Paints Arena the other night that absolutely blistered him, singled out examples. If I'd been in Boston last night, I might have just hit a great big copy and paste on that piece, change the score, change the dateline, change the, the opponent. Because he really wasn't any better. Drifted, wide circles, turnovers. How does he get out of it? Usually, history shows he gets out of it by scoring a goal. But he had one of those last week. Big goal, too. Tying goal, blast to the top corner on a power play. Really nice stuff. Didn't do a thing. Didn't do a thing. Is he out of shape? Is he pouting about something? I don't know. I mean, you heard in the opening segment there a little bit of what he said after the game last night in Boston. He did, You know, he sounds like he's totally on board. He's totally into it. He says all the right things, and I know a lot of things about Evgeny Malkin, and one of them is that he's not a liar. He just has a strange way of handling adversity. So to answer your actual question, what do you think has a better chance of turning Malkin around, trading him or bringing another coach, it's neither. It's neither. I have no way of gauging what a trade would do. He's never been traded. He's never played in another uniform. But I, I can't conceive of somebody having some magic words for Malkin that would somehow be more effective than the way Sullivan handles him. Sullivan knows what's clicked in the past. Sullivan has dealt with him way more than any of us. In unimportant games, all the way up to Stanley Cup clinching games, he's handled him, he's managed him. 
and I'd like to give this head coach the benefit of the doubt in that regard. But for Gino himself, you know, Adam, I could cover him for another 20, 30 years, and I wouldn't be able to answer most of the questions that I'd either get about Gino or that I would have myself for Gino. Just a different, different guy. Thanks for that. Thanks to everybody for listening, not just to this show, but all week long. It's a Monday through Friday thing. If you like what you're hearing, you know, leave one of those nice, happy reviews with multiple stars and everything else. And more important than that, let other people know about it. Bring them on in. The more, the merrier. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.